welcome to the Drive Prime News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story is that after two long weeks, I am back and uh, I'm maybe a little rusty. I hope I can standards that you continue to maintain in my absence. That was heroic of you. Well, I had a lot of help from Cam. He did a great job helping and we definitely missed you and we're happy to have you back. Okay, not too great a job. You got to get nervous when you get somebody good to fill in for you. Nobody could fill in for in, uh-huh. in your shoes, Monica. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take that and uh, not press you further. All right, so what happened? The first headline that came across my screen this morning, which I 100% fully anticipated, was that the Pfizer vaccine gained full approval from the FDA. And I just want to make a few points about that. So... One one major point, and I, I, people, I think one of our biggest uh, Union of the Unwanted downloads experiences was the last one that you posted at, like a Friday or two ago, where the main guest was Dr. Robert Malone, who takes credit for uh, identifying the mRNA platform as a potential vaccine back in the day at the Salk Institute. And one thing I had asked him, because I know that he is a government liaison for approval processes, is... Don't you think that the FDA is going to prove this any minute? And I'll tell you why. And it was like kind of a nexus of other things I had observed. I had mentioned earlier that they blew up the long-term studies for Pfizer and Moderna by inoculating the, the control group, the people who hadn't gotten the vaccine. So normally you wait two years and see the difference between the control and the experimental group, how many people got COVID, and so to see efficacy and also to see safety, how many people got ill from the side effects. You have to have a something like that to really understand, especially given that some of the side effects might be an antibody-dependent uh, enhancement, which means the people who got the vaccine might actually be getting sicker, but we will never know because they blew that up. And I thought the main reason they blew that up was just so that, I might have mentioned this last before we left, but that the main reason that they blew that up was so that we wouldn't know those facts. But now I think and this falls into that Alzheimer's drug that got approved despite also having blown up the trial, was that now there was nothing to wait for. Normally, the minimum you would have expected the FDA approval process to take, I mean, and that would have been a record breaker, would have been two years. But what would be the point of waiting two years if they blew up the trial and they were going to accept that like they did for that controversial Alzheimer's drug? So I kind of knew. And and Malone said something weird. He said, well, they had to blow it up because they didn't want unvaccinated people in danger during their communities. But if you look at the trial, only one person out of the 40,000 people altogether died of COVID. Like there wasn't this significant, that, the way they, when they blow studies up, it's because there's this significant incident of death. And that's why, and so they're like, well, you, we have to give you the drug because otherwise you'll die. There was nothing like that there. So I thought that was a curious thing. You can listen to it. That It's at the very end of the, well, it's about an hour and a half into that union of the unwanted that's in our feed. I find it curious that they are right now they're getting the approval right as the media is telling us that unvaccinated people and vaccinated people have the same amount of viral load, at least a new study out of Oxford with the Delta variant. So that, in effect, is saying that it kind of doesn't work, although I will not say that it doesn't work. But that's what it sounds like when they say that. I definitely want to cover that. First, I want to get to one other issue, but I definitely want to cover that. And I had read stuff probably hard to find the the article now, but it was in a mainstream source that said you have a thousand times the viral load if you've been vaccinated already. 
a thousand times. And I, the reason I was so determined to find that citation is that I remember when Fauci said you would have a less high load if you were vaccinated, which didn't make sense because in order to test positive and be vaccinated, they had to they they secretly or like surreptitiously lower the cycle rate, which means you'd have to have a higher viral load in order to test positive if you've been vaccinated. So there's a lot of it contradictions that you can find just in the, the they trademark their documents. So one thing that um, I think Rachel of Just Add Liberty said, sent me a link, which was a really intense link about why are why are certain people getting certain vaccines and why is Moderna like being held back, whatever. Well, Fauci said, and I've and the schools out here are saying that. If if the FDA approves, they will mandate. There are a lot more mandates will come. And Pfizer, which got approved today, is the only one that's uh, approved that is at all even authorized for children under the age of 18. So all the children between 12 and 18 who are subject to these mandates will get Pfizer and Pfizer only. I mean, I just I really wonder what the sub trials with the sub experiments are looking like in the general population. And they are the only ones who are getting it. So that is kind of weird. Um, and I and I now I feel like the mandates will just absolutely descend across California. I, I'm witnessing that myself in my own life. That's what they're going for. They want to eliminate any reason to not have the mandate or to not get the vaccine. And there's an attack now on another obstacle that stands in the way of mandates or getting as many people vaccinated as possible. And that is the exemptions. They don't want exemptions. They want to eliminate them or they want to make it as difficult to get one as possible because people request them for medical or religious reasons. And even if we were to assume that everything that Fauci or the World Health Organization, or the CDC says is true about the vaccine, vaccine, even if we assume that's true, the most pro-vaxxer in the world can't deny that people who have a history of allergic reactions to vaccine should get an exemption from it. So that's undeniable that there is legitimate reasons for that, but they have a two-pronged attack. The first strategy in attacking the exemptions is they're trying to condition the public to automatically assume that anyone who requests an exemption is lying to assume that they're an anti-vaxxer who's just trying to get around the rules, regardless of the threat posed by the virus. And here's how the AP frames it. The AP says, across the U.S., religious figures, doctors, public officials, and other community leaders are trying to help people circumvent COVID-19 precautions. While proponents of these workarounds say they are looking out for children's health and parents' rights. Others say that such strategies are dishonest and irresponsible and could undermine efforts to beat back the highly contagious Delta variant. So that initial framing of helping people circumvent is the, you know, the key word there. It could have easily been doctors across the country are helping people that have had a history of dangerous allergic reactions not get forced to take a vaccine, but that's not what they're interested in. They want to make it seem as though anybody who asks for that exemption is, is up to some sort of chicanery and conspiring to get around it and they're secretly evil. And then the second prong of the attack is they're attacking the people. The people who are giving out, who are helping people get these exemptions are now being named and shamed in the AP and in other articles across the country. They're saying where they are. They're saying what they do. And they're just ignoring the fact that these people are claiming that they are doing it for legitimate reasons and they are vetting the people and they're just assuming that they're doing it for bad reasons and that they're nefarious actors. 
I, I actually have been giving a lot of thought to this because although I would just like to vacate LA and a lot of people I know have that uh, if, I mean, sometimes you just can't move that quickly. I'm not the only person who gets to make decisions and I'm looking at the uh, religious aspect of it because it's hard for me as a Catholic because the Pope and a lot of bishops and clergy are saying there's no valid religious exemption, but that's for Catholics, but that's completely untrue for numerous reasons. So I wrote a four page, maybe five at this point, very well written, concise, single space cited. I think I have 25 footnotes in it, um, explanation of why I as a Catholic uh, object to request an exemption on religious grounds. And it is absolutely authentic and sincere. I had a priest look at it who's from my particular, like the order of priests that I, that's my family's tradition. And he had no uh, substantive objections to it. And I'm happy to share that if people really need that. I'm not ready to like post it on Twitter, but if people need the language and citations, I'm happy to share that. Uh, the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com. If you send me an email, I'll send it to you. Well, that's what people oh, are going to have to do. They're going to have to hone in and be as uh, do due diligence oh. like you did, because they're going to try to make it harder and harder. I will. I will. We are. Our next conversation is going to be with Brian Festa, our next Friday featured interview. And he is a lawyer who's been fighting for the religious exemption, which was abolished in Connecticut. But he's got a lot to say. I think his website is wearethepatriots.org, and we can ask him about that. But I did crack the code on a very serious issue for not only a religious, um, the Catholics, but I think the civil authorities. Should I share that with you now? Yes, please. I wasn't on my agenda, but it's very. I thought I really was clever on this one. Um, I, I was, it's not even clever. It's accurate. And once you hear it, it's going to be like creepy. Um, I, so the Johnson and Johnson vaccine in the production process, they use the cell lines of aborted fetuses. So they call them clones, but they were from fetuses that were aborted, they say decades ago. Okay. So if you get the J and J, you, you could actually detect that. Pfizer and Moderna use the aborted fetuses in the testing process. So they get come to market abusing those cells, but they don't actually get injected into you. So the Catholics, the Catholic bishops have said, this is troublesome, but not an insurmountable problem because abortion is bad. I'm like, well, okay, but that's not really the problem. This is the problem. You can't use a person's body for medical experiments without their consent or the consent of their valid proxy. So those babies' bodies, so I'm Catholic. I'm not saying everyone believes this, but I'm Catholic. I believe those are babies. Once that thing starts growing with a defined genetic profile, that's a baby, human baby. And the person who likely had to give, I can't imagine anyone else doing it, gave consent for the use of that was the mother right? The mother who chose to have the abortion for whatever reason, even if it was a, a, in her mind, a valid reason. She should therefore be disqualified from being able to consent to be the proxy, to be the person, the next of kin. So like if a man kills his wife, oh, he's I not, see. A, he isn't the guy who gets to determine how her estate is, is distributed. Yeah. 
So I think they did not get the consent of those babies or their proxy, and therefore their bodies cannot be used for medical experimentation, both civilly and religiously. That's a great argument. An argument that I'm going to bring up to poor, unsuspecting Brian Festa. (laughs) That'll be interesting. That's a really good argument. Fire hoses, brain, like right, hitting the ground running. So uh, anyway, I thought, thought, yeah. I find it kind of odd that they call them clones. I think that's a bit disturbing as well. It's weird. I don't even know what that could possibly mean. Boy, I have so much pent up stuff I want to talk about. I'll I'll try to control myself. Um, But there were a couple of little articles that I wanted to just highlight from what I was catching up on. There was an article that said children are being hospitalized with COVID. Doctors fear it is getting worse. At the same time, the article I read was a little unclear, but that RSV, which is a... So COVID historically wasn't hitting kids, but RSV... RSV is similar to uh, coronavirus, and the vaccine that they used for RSV was the one that we discovered in the 60s when when babies died, that it creates antibody-dependent enhancement. So you can get sicker if you take the vaccine on any kind of remotely related variant. So I'm not sure if these kids are now getting sicker because, well, I, I guess they're not vaccinated if they're kids, but maybe the RSV is being misdiagnosed as COVID. That's possible. I also wonder a little bit about if their vaccinations are contagious. They've been working on contagious vaccinations issues that that could be responsible for this. And then the other thing is maybe the, the vaccines are creating a super strain. These are all things you can pull out of the mainstream. Yeah, I think any of those are possibilities. I think what's also going to affect the numbers is right now, kids are allowed to go to the hospital. They're allowed to go to the doctor. Back when this thing first started, they they were telling people not to go to the doctor. So there's just going to be more children actually going to the uh. doctor. And when they go right now, they're testing everybody regardless of why they're there. So they're going to get more positive cases of kids that are already there. More funny business. Okay, so the last thing I want to tell you with the numbers, the last thing I want to tell you about is this is the headline from the Wall Street Journal in Los Angeles. This COVID-19 surge is different from earlier outbreaks. Center of pandemic in region has moved from poor, crowded neighborhoods to affluent ones with younger populations. So my immediate reaction was I actually know a bunch of people who, uh, as soon as they went back to work, all got sick all got serious COVID, young people. A demo, I did not know anybody who got sick with last year. And at that workplace, vaccines were required to go back in. You you wouldn't get fired, but you had to stay home. So anybody who went in was fully vaccinated. I know that. And there were seven people there who were fully vaccinated and got super sick. And so I'm like, what kind of an article is this? It makes you, it makes it sound like it's the Delta strain. And in the article, the two examples they gave were both fully vaccinated people. We're seeing so much of that, and it makes me wonder why we don't hear anything about the other strain anymore. Is it gone? What happened to the other strain? That's a great question. It probably is benign because everybody got it. I don't know. That's how it would work if the old science was still true. But the other thing is, in that article, it said, you know, some people to prevent this are some restaurants and other places are requiring proof of vaccination. I'm thinking if the only examples you have are people who are vaccinated, how is proof of vaccination? I mean, in that small sample set, proof of vaccination makes is is a precursor. The entire argument that the vaccinated are 
putting everybody else in danger is so backwards when the claim is that by getting vaccinated, you <laughs> have less of a chance of going to the hospital. But yet the vaccinated are putting them in danger. I think they're trying to target it towards children and say, well, they put people who are unable to get the vaccine yet, the young children well, in danger. They're saying that the unvaccinated people are the ones who are spreading it around now. But that's just not true yeah. from my observation. But I don't trust the numbers anymore. And I think that they're even admitting that at this point. Sometimes. So, yeah. So with the masking laws, anti-mask states could face civil rights investigations. This is the education secretary who said this, Miguel Cardona. He said this yesterday. He said the states that are blocking schools from imposing mandates on teachers and students could face federal civil rights investigation. Now, talk about the backward logic here. This is what he said in his extraordinarily backward statement. He said, We are prepared to launch investigations with our Office of Civil Rights to ensure that all students have access to this fundamental right of education, that they have access to be forced to wear a mask. We are good. That's my part that I threw in. He said, we are going to use our Office for Civil Rights to investigate any claim that comes forward to make sure that students' rights are kept. Now, you talk about things a rapist would say. To me, this is kind of like saying that a law... Preventing rape is violating the fundamental rights of a potential rape victim. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not quite making that analogy, but I'm, I'm guessing that if I allowed myself to think hard about it, I would get what you're saying. But, yeah, most of, most of the stuff is stuff that rapists would say. So I'm not, I'm not giving you grief about that. Let me see if I can give clarity on it. The laws are preventing the mandates. They're giving choices. So they're not saying you can't wear a mask, students. They're just saying you can't force them to wear a mask. They can wear one if they want. You just can't force them. While this guy, the education secretary, is saying that states who are blocking schools from forcing students to wear a mask, even if the students don't want to, blocking them from forcing them to, that those states are violating those students rights so he wants to prevent people from stopping them from being forced okay so by by protecting people from the use of force against them you are violating their yes to be forced to do something that exactly that's cute so uh i would say this though to the extent that his argument is going to be that some students can't go unless all students are masked I have a really good insight about that, and it's going to shoot me into a um, Australia thing, but don't let me forget. There's one other thing that I want people to think about with this. So the civil right, if, if he actually prosecutes people for that, it would remind me of a time when I think somebody was prosecuted for murder for having sex with while being HIV positive or having AIDS or whatever. And I believe, if I recall correctly, I I didn't double check this, but I think the guy got exonerated because there was no evidence that HIV caused AIDS or that you could transmit it to people. So that doesn't get much play. But what where these things do where a lot of times the facts are proven out in a court of law, which is which is really the main reason or yeah, it's really the main reason I so strongly object to plea bargains of any kind. I think it should not be allowed because by having people plea bargain, the way it's represented is that they actually did the thing and that misconstrues the way the world is. So 
if if he if you fight that, if he arrests you and you you fight it, you could win by saying the masks hurt, do more harm than good or don't do any good, that kind of thing. And then but like what you see with January 6th, people aren't fighting it. They're just caving. And, and that's another thing that I have a problem with, like federal laws, state laws and local laws, uh, all being you being charged for one single act a bunch of different crimes so that they can string sentences together and just strong arm you into pleading guilty, which makes it look like this stuff is true, but it's not. Yeah, just like you said, like they're doing with a capital six, January six, quote, insurrection, which also how they're roping in now that far right groups are the ones fueling the war on masks. I noticed this last week that it is now again becoming Antifa versus the Proud Boys and the Proud Boys are the ones conducting a war against masks and Antifa is bravely standing up against them. Even saw a headline that roped a little anti-Semitism and it said Hawaii protest over COVID-19 restrictions afflicted with anti-Semitism. So they always rope in this far right angle when they don't like something. Well, I have a couple of comments on that, which I'm going to segue into following up what I was teasing one second ago, which is have this insight into why what this guy's talking about, your civil rights to not be forced to wear a mask or you have a forced to wear a mask is so when you when if you remember the 2017 spars document that we've talked about so much and my favorite you know not favorite whatever most abhorrent line in there is how they get the democrat president to be hesitant about a therapeutic and then they get the um the republicans to then embrace the therapeutic so they basically show there that they could decide which party was on which side, not by aligning ideology, but just with the personality stuff, right? Okay. So so that, and that's in the it, document you're saying. Yeah, that's in the 2017, the Spars document. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Like, it's almost word for word. It's a script. <laughs> it's a script. So, I mean, they switch stuff around in the end. It's kind of like the difference between a pilot and like what the real show looks like in the, after the pilot. Yeah. So, that's really what it's like, like an initial script. It's what they sell, you know, with the treatment. And then, um, so what they did at that, so, but it's just clear that they're picking, not aligning the idea with the ideology. So when they had to decide who they were going to pick to be pro-vax, they had to decide whether it was the the Republicans or the Democrats. And I believe they chose the Democrats to, because it was flipped in the 2017 thing. The, so, the sparse thing. So I think they chose the Democrats because the Democrats, regardless of the fact that they say my body, my choice, because they are gun control advocates based on the argument that if you have a gun, you put society in danger. Therefore, I can come into your home and deprive you of rights. That's a better fit for your your vaccine status is a menace to society, and I'm okay with using force to force you to do something that's good for society. Obviously, it's a collectivist individual thing, but you, you don't, it doesn't have to be that way because it's really – it's just a psychological thing. They could have used a different argument for the Republicans. It's not – you know, because it, ha- it hasn't come to force yet. It probably will. But anyway, so I think that, that that's why they did that. And um, they are also – Really, this is the other thing I wanted to tell you about, that they're really 
corralling all everything into white supremacy. Did you see the thing I tweeted at you from Dan? <laughs> I did. I just saw that right before the show. <laughs> and it, it is in Canada. I tweeted like that thing's hilarious. And it was just 53 seconds of, of hilarious, not hilarious, because they are blaming a the biggest shooting in Britain in 10 years on an incel and the incel culture. So they had one of their intrepid reporters who like looks like a second grade teacher and talks like one too, go infiltrate the incel movement. Like I don't understand how like something involuntary can be a movement and how this little girl infiltrated it. Uh, anyway, so they say that words like normie, cuck, um, and based are all, if you hear your son using those words, based, 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 like base doesn't mean anything, but like good or whatever. So those are flags that basically that your son is on the wrong, like Reddit channels or whatever. And, uh, and the, and this young woman says that, and, and you also flag, uh, the expressions red pilled and black pilled, because that means you've undergone the induction process. And I'm assuming that they're saying that men, that men have, yeah, I know. It, it, I mean, that's re- red pilled is that you've been indu- induced, inducted into a highly white supremacist. Incel uh, in, movement in, in, where you. I'm not an incel. And right. That's I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah. So they got these men, because this is obviously this is geared towards men when you say incel. So that's the assumption that women just don't use these terms. That there's no women who say red pill or who say based. Most of the people I know who say based are women, actually. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, you should watch that video. I'll, I'll put the link in the uh and then yeah, show notes. It is the pretty. Show notes down the, there. The, the guy, three second one. Yeah, that old guy in the back on the screen. I, I watched it a few times. I just kept watching him. The guy with the gray beard. He just kept like enthusiastically agreeing with her. He looks to me like an old incel. Yeah, he's probably trying to get into her skivvies because that, that's one of the things they do. That they like the the woke guys. They simp. They right. They <laughs> act like feminists. They simp. Simp is definitely going to be on that thing. And I'm serious. Like I'm waiting for freedom and liberty to be on the list. Like yeah. it's coming. It's coming. Like flag and patriot are, I think, on the list according to our last Rockfin thing. So before we get to our last big story of the Free Thirty, and Brad, I hope that you're going to get me up to speed on Afghanistan. And I know you have a deeper dive insight into that topic that other people aren't hitting. So I look forward to that. But before we get to that, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the Patron 15. Is California banning bacon? Heaven forfend. And who could have guessed that Vax Tats would be a pull, not a push? (laughs) And of course, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. And actually, let me just tell you something about this. I got an email from our friend at Rye Guys, got a couple of guys there, but the guy I talked to, and he said, oh, Monica, you don't know how right you are when you say that this is a labor of love, the labor of a liberty lover, very professional, really nice stuff, Um, great expressions on the t-shirts. The t-shirts are so nice, really, and you can tell by the ad how professional it is. He said, it's only a labor of love of liberty. They do it as a, as like a, you know, effectively a nonprofit, like they are just doing it to get these funny things out there because they know that humor and that kind of thing is just like a great way to connect with people. And I just, I wanted people to understand that this guy's really, really doing it for the same reasons we all are really, I think our group anyway. So with that, remember the code 
So he knows that you heard it here first is Prop 10, if I'm not mistaken. And let's hit that hit that great ad. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers, and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and Rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, Share a laugh and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So, stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S dot com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A wry wit for today's shit. Love it. Prop 10. Folks. And someone at the Zoom party we had over the weekend, they mentioned how when they wear a T-shirt that has expressions on it that kind of shows what they believe in, that they have been getting a lot of people come up to them and ask them about it, and that it's really helped them find like-minded people and help them not feel alone. And I think Rye Guys T-shirts has a lot of T-shirts that can do a similar thing for people. Yes, I totally agree. And just to, and I'm, I know the Rye Guys won't mind if I say, and maybe even Ism Can't can make one of these because the Rye Guys ones aren't just like one off, but Ism Can't can do anything. So, uh, or I should say LibertyGear.net. I don't know. If, yeah, he doesn't care if we, he's the same guy. Um, the, the t-shirt she was talking about was unvaccinated and deplorable. And she said she asked the guy where he got the t-shirt and he said he made it and that she was the fifth person at that place, wherever it was in the store, who asked him where to get the t-shirt. So that I thought was interesting. So the, but so please do support Rye Guys, but also if you like the show because they support us. Also, when you support our sponsors, you support us because they support us, but you can also support us directly. There's a great way to do that. My favorite way is if you become a patron at patreon.com slash propaganda report. For example, if you're a patron saint, which is the highest tier, if you're a Rockfin supporter, you can become a patron saint for a, a deep discount. But in any case, patron saint, you get everything we offer on Patreon. DPPs, Zoom parties, all of our extra content, which is 45 minutes every day of commercial-free DNB, patient-only Q&As. There's just too much to mention. But uh, we highly recommend that. Saturday, we had a Zoom party. It was fantastic. That's just patron saints. It's a dozen or two dozen people with us, and we just chat. If you want to talk to Brad and me um, just about anything, really, we do that once a month, and it's really nice. It's a great way to spend a couple of hours on a Saturday. So highly recommend the patron saint tier at patreon.com slash propaganda report. And with that, on to the last big story of the free 30. All right, I'm not going to claim to know what's going on in Afghanistan because I don't, and I don't think that 99.9% of the people reporting on it really do either, but I'm just kind of analyzing the 
information battle, the the propaganda war going on through the news, because this is next level stuff when it comes to the propaganda war. For instance, there was a series of images that went viral when this whole story first started of the 600 or 800 people who were crammed onto a plane being escorted out of there. Turns out that that photograph was from 2013 and it wasn't even in Afghanistan. There were images of Taliban dancing with guns and celebrating. Turns out that didn't happen. Right now, it happened like three years ago. There was another one of women that were being escorted behind a Taliban member that had chains around them. Turns out that was like 15 years ago and the change has been superimposed. And then we have Taliban on social media taking the position that they're trying to be moderate and that there's some disputes on what they're doing and the forward front they're facing. Everybody is trying to present an image that is not reality in this case. So they they take they tweet. Oh, they are big on social media. <laughs> that's been that's been one of the memes that Trump Why? That Trump can't get a, a, an account on Twitter because that's that's where they're they're reaching people. Is they're but why doing their why do they need to di- reach people? Diplomacy they're, because they want to be a, they want to be legitimized on the world stage. They want to be seen as legitimate leaders and not a rogue. So this is a battle of legitimacy. The propaganda war. The U.S. is trying to say they're not legitimate and they're trying to present themselves mainly through social media channels as being a legitimate moderate world leader on the main stage, and right. which is probably what Klaus Schwab wants, in my opinion. I assume that they are. A CIA puppet. Yes, and that is where I'm leading to in this oh, broader sorry. theme <laughs> that I'm seeing. No, you're right. It, <laughs> okay. So sorry. we have this. Uh, we saw this story about the World Economic Forum celebrating how the. COVID crisis expedited stakeholder capitalism, expedited the Great Reset, just really made it accelerate. And I'm seeing this pullout of Afghanistan while could be argued that it was years, even decades too late, the swiftness at which it happened and then the swiftness at which the Taliban then took over was expedited and accelerated using social media in a similar way that COVID, the COVID crisis used social media to spread information to help move things faster and to help put these topics in people's heads and create these conversations and then cause action. So we're seeing an acceleration on all fronts. That's what, that's what I think this is. We're seeing an acceleration of that little crisis, not little crisis, that big crisis, the acceleration of the worldwide crisis. And both of them have this theme that America is taking a step back as its position as a world leader. That's what all of these crises are screaming to me. And I I think this Taliban thing fits right in with the World Economic Forum, with the Great Reset. And in the Great Reset, America is not that dominant power anymore. That is what all of these things are screaming. And then we have the resettlement programs. So uh, resettlement, they're, they're arranging for places all around the world to take in Afghanis because they don't want to be persecuted by the Taliban. Georgia, Brian Kemp has raised his hand and said, bring them here. A lot of people aren't happy about that. A couple of thoughts on that. If you're going to set up cells of terrorists around the world, and I'm not saying they're terrorists, but I'm saying if you're in the CIA or an intelligence agency in another country, what a great way to set people up by having when you're moving masses of people all at once with little vetting and then just planting them somewhere. So that's very dangerous, I think, when it comes to the people who could be slipped in there. And another thing is that is obviously going to change the demographic of certain areas. So Georgia's already leaning Democrat. That could push it more Democrat because a lot of it's going to be a lot of people living there are going to be relying on federal funding. And that's a Democrat thing. So I think that also helps making Georgia blue. Go ahead. 
I also, I think I've been waiting for a long time for us to get the kind of um, percentage population of Muslims that some other Western countries have. Our Muslim population is pretty low. And I, I had a back and forth with a tweet on that score, which I will touch on in the page of 15. Interesting. And ISIS is back. So ISIS is back. There's a, <laughs> ISIS a, really, is us. a really credible threat. On, that yeah, ISIS is us. <laughs> That's funny. So there's a credible threat apparently to the airport that ISIS could attack the airport. And there's also us talking to the Taliban saying, you better get our people out of there. Or we're going to have to do something to you. So all these threats of war. So now it appears that the international terrorist threat has come back. And that's very dangerous in and of itself. But when we know that the main threat facing America is the domestic threat, which we saw illustrated last week with that guy right out of central casting who drove his truck up in front of the Library of Congress talking like this the whole time. That we, so we have the domestic terrorist and we have the international terrorist. When a country is divided and split, when everything about our country country is just torn apart when it comes to ideology. And then we have to face a threat that we would need to be united to go against. This is how c- countries are collapsed, is you get them when they are having internal turmoil and you attack yes. them. So yes. we need to and stop then, letting them have that divide and conquer program work on us, because I think we're being set up here. And it's interesting because the so-called domestic terrorists are the Republicans, and the Republicans are the ones who are usually the champions of our action in the Middle East. So it's really going to tweak them when you turn all your attention domestically and then they will be blamed on the fall of America in the Middle East. Like, it's interesting. Yes. And the military, very vaccine hesitant in the military. So you're trying to force these vaccines on a lot of people in the military. Meanwhile, you're pulling, you're putting in this, they did force them, but still a lot of them don't want it. And we have this precarious situation over in Afghanistan. So you're, you're demoralizing the military. They, the Afghan deployment right now mandated the vax. That could be the FDA thing. So military guys who are hesitating are facing now or never, and they're doing it. Let me give a quick shout out to two fans, and uh, then we can go on to the page for 15. I had a funny thing. You know, my, the guys I met at uh, Freedom Fest, Polls to the Wall, one of them came to our Zoom party the other day, a big uh, activist. He, I had shouted him out before I went on vacation for for their activity in Illinois, which they lost the fight, but they were trying to fight mask mandates. So one of them, I don't want to out anybody, but went to work and uh, a coworker said, also named Paul, said, Oh, hey, you got a big shout out on the propaganda report. And our guy looks at me and he's like, you listen to the propaganda report? And he's like, yep. So I just thought that Illinois. was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were, they didn't even know that they were fans. And then Cody, super fan, did you see what he did to his pickup truck? No. He got propaganda report magnets. He put them on his truck. Just That's like awesome. Just a little sign. It was so cool. Like, it really, really made my weekend. That's really cool. Beaming. And uh, also, a big, big shout out to our latest patron saint, Jennifer. And an even bigger shout out to Seda, who the two of them listen to the show. And they are, it, it's, they're tickled pink to be patron saints. And we are very happy to have them. We missed them at the Zoom party, but there'll be another one next month. So with that, on to the patron 15. 
All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content Monica was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and join up there. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the patron 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And Monica, welcome back. Thank you. I'm very happy to be back.